Hi, this is Jimmy Palmiotti of Harley Quinn and Jonah Hex fame, and you're listening to the Top 5 Comic Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have CBS. That would be me. Uh, it's a little different today. It's a one-man show. Been kind of busy with the, uh, well, busy for everyone involved. Been busy for the entire last, like, three weeks. Uh, 45, wanted making about 45 cheesecakes at, at his work for the holiday. So he's been, uh, he's been a busy lad of bacon. And, uh, Mr. Brown, of course, you know, working for the, the U.S. Postal Service has been very, very busy as well. So as far as things, a little bit different lineup wise. I mean, it's just me. So there's that. Uh, today we're going to be doing episode number 176. And episode wise, it's going to be a little different too. Um, I expect next week to probably be back a little more normal. But uh, as far as the world's concerned, the reason we haven't had a podcast out recently is because uh, other than this holiday time, uh, I've been running around to conventions collecting interviews from people. So uh, over the past uh, three weeks, I've done two different shows. Of course, I was running around the country. Uh, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you probably should. Uh, it's Top 5 Comics CBS on Instagram. All my drawings and pictures of different conventions and things that have been up and about. That's what this episode is actually going to be about. So uh, as far as uh, this episode is concerned... Dealing with the uh, Denver Fan Experience Special Edition 2021. And uh, we're going to be running an interview for, uh, from Chad Harden, me and my buddy Max, from another podcast that I do called The Men Look Bad in Spandex, um, over on Magic 93.1 with my buddy Max. Uh, which, if you don't listen to that one, you can find a link for it also on the top5comicspodcast.com website. Or you can Google Men Look Bad in Spandex. It's pretty easy to find because it's a pretty specific name. But yeah, we do interview, we do podcasts over there too, um, mostly pop culture, just news type stuff, it's fun. Um, but yeah, it's me and Max when I'm going over to uh, the Denver Comic Con, 45 took ill, and so he wasn't able to travel, so uh, save it for everyone that way. But yeah, so this episode, what we're going to be doing is running the interview with Chad, a uh, fantastic guy, if you're a long time listener to the show, you know he's been on multiple times, um, a fantastic artist, uh, biggest, biggest book probably was when they were running around doing Harley Quinn with the Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Uh, yeah, Chad's a great dude. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, we'll run that interview here in a minute. But I figured to give you guys a little bit of news. You know, what's in the news? So over in Marvel, they've started to tease an upcoming series uh, titled Destiny Destiny of X. And Destiny of X, uh, it's expected to run spring this coming 2022, so next year, which is only like a month away. But uh, as far as a series, the teasers they put out for it, feature Wolverine, Storm, and Hope Summers, and each of the teasers feature three very different versions of them, uh, which appear to just be different, either different realities or different... They're not timelines, it's not like everybody's different in age, but like one group that's got Wolverine with the patch, and one group's got him with the uh, this crazy, like, cybernetic techno-organic suit on, which is crazy, and one of them features Storm with her classic mohawk, and then uh, Hope dressed... Uh, very like a uh, black suit style, wearing the uh, cerebro cortex on her head, so it looked very uh, Professor X looking. But the uh, the little bit of information in the world about it is that uh, what's your destiny? Pick your destiny. Destiny of X. So it, it, they're toning it as a summer event, and I mean the images are really cool. 
So I guess we'll see what that leads from. Um, I'm, uh, I'm assuming at the end of uh, Inferno, which we've been dealing a little bit with the, the missing, well, Destiny, the character, will probably lead to that book. So, I mean, that should be pretty cool. I mean, all the art looks really neat for the, I mean, a few teaser pieces. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the tagline is all about what path you choose, uh, choose your destiny. So I guess we'll, we'll see. But I mean, it, so far it sounds like a pretty cool idea. Um, in a little, little bit of show news, which is unfortunate, 45 is not available right now because, uh, Cobra Kai finally put out a, uh, fourth season, uh, teaser poster, like an official one. And uh, currently we have this show set to release on the 31st of December. So the end of this month, for your New Year's, you're going to watch uh, Cobra Kai. And the uh, new, post- new poster features uh, Terry Silver among the uh, cast of the Cobra Kai group. He's, uh, he's a guy from movie three, the John Kreese's buddy, uh, played by Thomas uh, Ian Griffith. So uh, we all expected him to show up in it, just because that's how the path has sort of worked there with different characters returning from the movies, but he's officially on the poster, so I guess if it wasn't confirmed before, it is now. So there's that. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai, oh man, you're missing out, because <clears throat> it is fantastic. Um, show-wise, the first three seasons are great. Uh, season one and two originally aired over on uh, YouTube Red when they were trying to be their own streaming service. Uh, then it moved over to uh, Netflix, and budget got better, and just in general, the show is, is awesome, regardless of what season you're watching. Like, it's fantastic. Um, so good. Especially if you're in love of the 80s movie. Even if you, even if you haven't ever seen the 80s movie, I mean, you'll miss a little bit of the step of where things come from, but it's still a pretty fun show to watch regardless. Uh, so DC has made an announcement uh, that in January, we're going to have Detective Comics becoming a bi-weekly book. So we're going to have issues coming out every week. And they're doing, they're opening up with a 12-part miniseries, like an event series. And I'm not sure, that it hasn't really said they're going to stay weekly all year or if it's just going to be during the event. So the event itself runs 12 issues. It's titled Shadows of the Bat. And uh, it's going to be dealing with, uh, they're centered partially around the new Arkham Tower, which uh, has replaced the Arkham Asylum. And uh, dealing with uh, our bats, or our, our bat underlings, trying to figure out what's really going on at the uh, tower. I mean, just like Arkham Asylum, it's kind of corrupt. And uh, we've got a new doctor who, best we can tell, is also shady. Um, so the group is going to have to... The way it teases it, it makes it sound like they're going to have to infiltrate the facility itself. What that means is patients or doctors or what, it's hard to say. As far as the thing, there's not a whole lot of information about it. But they sort of tease the tower and we see... Uh, a little bit of what's going on to, as a prelude in the most recent Detective Comics annual. So, like, that kind of sets things up a little bit, but it doesn't give us a whole, whole lot. Um, I mean, it's a prelude, so there's that. Uh, but as far as the series, it's going to be a 12-part miniseries, and uh, what Mariko Tamaki says about it is that uh, the event is compared to the idea of the Grifters mixed with Die Hard. So um, those two movies are both great. Uh, so you're going to take those two things and add bats to it? I mean, I think that's awesome. And, uh, I don't know. It'll be cool. Like, Tamaki's a pretty good writer, so it'll be interesting to see what the story winds up being, you know? I mean, after all this stuff with uh, Fear State, it'll be kind of cool to see, like, a different dynamic and this new Arkham uh, Tower having replaced the Arkham Asylum. That'll be kind of cool to check out, too. Well, that's all we really have for uh, new stuff right now. Um... 
Hawkeyes in episode three, as we're currently speaking, and so far it's been great. Um, Shang-Chi and the Eternals both dropped, um, so if you haven't seen those, I mean, I guess get out and see them. Uh, Eternals is heading to streaming soon, so there's that. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out, also fantastic. Oh man, so good. And uh, we're heading into Spider-Man here in a couple weeks, so that should be a cool thing to see, too. But yeah, as far as uh, other things in the world, lots of cool comics happening. Uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and run the uh, interview with uh, Chad Harden. This is from the Denver Fan Experience Special Edition 2021. This is Steve at Top 5 Comics Podcast, here at the... Uh, Denver Fan Expo 2021 is the special edition, and I'm here with uh, Max from Magic 93.1 and one half of the Men Who Look Bad in Spandex, which is the other podcast me and Mr. Max do, and if you guys haven't listened to it yet, you should really check it out. And we are also joined by Shelly, Max's wife, Lily, Max's daughter. So I'm here at the Comic-Con with Mac, the Max Posse, the Max family, Maximilians, that's not right, I don't know. So, really first, day of, first day of the con, we're a couple hours in, drive up today, so it's, you know, a little longer than most. So, and I think this is the first con for all of you? It's like my third, actually. Max's third, first for the girls, okay. Your second con? Oh, you did Junction, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Third? Last one. Yeah, one Excellent. So, uh, so far today, coolest thing you've seen, Mr. Max? The Cat for Kids. We got a chance to talk to them. The shields were handmade by the organization. Unbelievable. They reach out to kids who are sick and organizations that help, uh, you know, you know charity-wise. And what they do is they appear as Captain America with the shields that they make. And that, that was pretty cool. That was That was a highlight. That was kind of neat, but personally, for me, meeting Peter Thomasy, that that was cool. Talking to him about the silent issue and his Batman and Robin run, uh, issue number 15, was it? It was 18. Issue number 18. Yeah, that was really cool, because that, that issue stuck with me, and I love that one of the greatest runs of the New 52 was his and Pat Gleason's Batman and Robin. So, that was that's so far so good. Right on. Oh, uh, Miss Shelley, what's the coolest thing you've seen today so far? The Disney princesses. <laughs> they had Cinderella, and they had Ariel, and Ursula, and Hades. But she was a female, so they were all very beautiful, and they looked amazing together. Excellent. Miss Lily, what have you been seeing today? <laughs> I really don't know. I'm seeing a lot of cool stuff today. And it's all actually yeah, really cool. Um I like um I liked a lot of the anime and the costumes. All of them were super cool. Um like the designs and all the makeup that they did was I thought it was really good and all the creativity that they put into their costumes, I thought that was amazing. Excellent. I've been seeing remember some pictures of you with the link a little earlier from from Zelda. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He, Fun. Had, he had rubies. Rubies in his pocket, man. He's breaking jars. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, we got a couple more days of info stuff to do and 
see what else we can get for you guys. But yeah, so far, uh, opinion so far, good show. I would say yes, Mr. Max. Yeah, I think with the absence of it the last two years, there's a lot of enthusiasm for it, and I think we're seeing that right now. Excellent. Shelly, I assume you have the same opinion? Yeah, I'm so glad everybody came out, and I think tomorrow's going to be epic. Excellent. Miss Lily, you having fun too? Yeah, totally. It was so fun here to see everybody coming and enjoying themselves. Heck yeah. Well, my favorite thing so far today has been seeing you guys enjoy things. That's been awesome. So good. Uh, it's a thing, usually conventions, there's a few I get to go to just to go to, and then a lot of them I work work, so that's been really cool for me. Oh, girl Loki, yeah. And female Loki was also my other favorite thing. Yeah, you chased her down. I mean, not like that. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. Okay, that's all for this installment, guys. Man. Always. Steve Top Five Comics Podcast. I'm here with Max with uh, the Men Who Look Bad in Spandex. We are joined by the amazing Chad Harden. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> we were just talking to Chad about you know your beginnings in art uh, and whatnot, and we were just really uh, kind of wondering what was it like when you got the call from Marvel from DC to start for them, and like how, how did how did you feel really? All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back. About six months before I got the call from DC Comics, okay? Because the second I got the call from DC Comics and I started working for DC, Mar- that's how Marvel recruits. They watch who DC hires, and then they try and steal them from DC. So, so really, w- once you get the offer from DC, the follow the the offer from Marvel will be following shortly, right? Um, but what happened is Joy and I were living up in Salt Lake. We had three small children, one on the way. Tacey was born in Salt Lake? Okay. And uh, so a baby. A brand new baby. Oh, she, okay. No, all right. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> anyway, they were very, very small. Very small kids. And I've been working in-house uh, doing illustrations for a video game company. So I was doing like all the packaging for like God of War, God of War 2, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Um, all these games for PlayStation 2, right? Um, and it, it was a fine job. Uh, everything was going great. And then I secured, you know, I, I worked for them uh, on a on a, an account for Warhammer 40,000. And they made like 200 or uh, 2.5 million on that campaign. And like, the, like my boss didn't know what Warhammer was. Like I played it my whole life growing up. So I basically like, you know, ran the campaign made him a boatload of money, and then asked him for a raise, and he like he was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, well, I know. So, um, And I had been doing freelance on the side, and I got a offer from Jay Farber, who wrote Noble Causes for Image, and we were going to do a book together. And so I told Joy, I was like, look, we're, we're making all this money doing freelance. You know, I've always wanted to do comics. You know, how about, how about we quit working for, you know, people who aren't, aren't going to appreciate the fact that we can bring in these big accounts and, and reward us. So, and Joy's like, do it, let's do it. And no sooner had we, did we do it than the economy collapsed. So, like, we sold our home in Salt Lake, went down to Cedar City, just in time for, like, the economy to completely tank. And I went from having, like, dozens of freelance clients to no freelance clients in, like, record speed because they literally just, like, nobody. Like, in a recession, the first thing that stops is paying artists. 
That you know that you know that we're the indicator. You know that that it's going down. So when you start seeing artists like dead in the street from starvation, you know that the economy's you know. So anyway, um, I was supposed to be doing this book with Jay, and it just fell through. It just it just didn't happen. And so I was doing what well, I was doing Blood Rain right for for digital webbing. See, I got that right. She did this. Notice, notice, notice when I'm right, it's just this slight nod. But when I'm wrong, the, here comes the correction, right? So anyway, um, so I went back to work for digital webbing, and I was doing these Blood Rain pages. But every time I did a page, I would send it to every editor I knew. And I had the cards for, like, everyone at DCD at the time. I had, um, oh, my gosh, uh, C.B. Sobolski. Uh, I had his card. And he was, it was, CV was really weird. Uh, you know, he was sort of on again, off again, talent editor for Marvel. Like, depending on whatever they needed artists. Like, when they needed artists, they'd hire CV and he'd go and do it. And when they didn't need it, he would still find artists for Marvel. You know, it was like a really weird relationship. And then Mike Martz was switching in between Marvel and DC. Like, he was either doing X-Men for Marvel or Batman for DC, sort of bouncing back and forth. So I had all these editors that I was always just constantly sending samples to. And um, and then one day, uh, Joey Cavallari called me up, and his artist had gotten in a car wreck and broken his arm. And he was like, he was, he was like, I have so I have a six page assignment, or I have a twenty two page assignment. What do you want? And it, like it, the, for for a year, the like the previous year, I think we made ten thousand dollars that first year freelancing. I was like, I want them both, you know. And I told him that I was like, I want them both. And he goes, Well, you can't have both. You can only have one. So he goes, I'll give you the 22-pager, though. And that was Countdown to Mystery. What, what issue of Countdown was that? Anyway, um, it was one of the last issues that, um, oh, my gosh, Steve Gerber wrote before he passed. Um, so um, anyway, and then uh, I worked with uh, Lila Sturgis on some Countdown stuff. And then when Steve passed, uh, Gail Simone and I did uh, the tribute. Uh, the Dr. Fate tribute, uh, they sort of did this, uh, weird thing, uh, with the book where they had all these different endings to how they thought Steve might have ended the, the series because he passed away before he got to end it. And so Gail and I worked on, um, his tribute ending. But, I mean, I, I literally remember when we got the call and, and, like, I was finally gonna work for DC Comics. I literally, like, skipped. I think I skipped as an adult. You know, and came in and, and, but we, like, we felt like our lives have been saved. You know what I mean? Sure. Because there was no freelance, four small children, married, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and we literally felt like our life was saved. And, um, and I think I worked, I think I worked for Joey Cavalier for like the next eight years straight. Just like book to book to book. And, um, and then like I said, once, once you start working for DC, Marvel calls you. So there was, a, there was a time where I was doing a book for Marvel and DC every month for, like, how long? Uh, but, yeah. So I, I, was, I was basically penciling two issues a month for wow. the big two. And you must have been enjoying the work. Oh, I, yeah, no, it was, like I said, any day you get, get paid to, like, draw these characters. And, and I remember I finally got to work on Spider-Man. Um, I was like, D- I can't believe I'm drawing Spider-Man. Because, like, you know, the, 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 the three series I collected growing up, Amazing Spider-Man, Uncanny X-Men, and then just, like, anything Batman. And when I say Uncanny X-Men, I mean, like, all the X-Books. So, like, New Mutants, X-Force, you know, er- everything. Excalibur, all of it, you know. And then Batman the same, you know. 
Detective Comics, Batman Comics, you know, Dark Knight Returns, anything Alan Moore, you know, Killing Joke, you know, whatever. Um, Arkham Asylum, you know, so, uh, anyway, um, uh, so I, I grew up on all that stuff, and it was just like, it was like getting paid to play, you know what I mean? So it was, it was just an awesome, awesome time, and it couldn't have come at a better time, because we were, we were baroque, huh? We were baroque, so it was a really it, it felt it felt fantastic. What uh, what is it like? I mean, how much fun are you having defining Harley Quinn with her whole new generation, not only for fans but her as a character, her arc getting away from not only just a sidekick but also just some uh, side piece for Joker. Yeah, so um, it was it was a lot of fun, and and you know um. I had grown up watching the animated series, so like I was a huge Harley fan to start with. But it was really interesting. Like these, okay, and you got to understand. Like when I say DC, I'm talking about DC as a corporation, okay? And a corporation isn't people. It's sort of like this weird. It's it's like a social contract, right? And at the time, DC didn't even know who Harley was really. The last, the last thing anyone had done with Harley was the Terry Dotson miniseries, which was beautifully drawn, right? Absolutely beautifully drawn. Could, couldn't have been drawn more beautifully, but it just didn't, it didn't go anywhere. And so Jimmy and Amanda had gone to DC and they're like, let us, you know, let us take this book. Let us go buck wild with it. And I think they pitched it as like, you know, I think they're, they're like, uh, you know, they pitched it as a, a female, uh, Deadpool in the Batman, you know, whatever. And, 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 and you, if you want the definitive story, you have to talk to Jimmy. This is my impression okay. that, that I've gotten, uh, you know, talking to him and how it went down because I was privy to none of this. Okay. I could give you my side of the story. But what happened is, um, I had just gotten done wrapping up, uh, Dragon Age and Traveler. So I, I, I left DC to go do Traveler, uh, with Mark Wade and Stan Lee. At, at Boom, and then I turned around. I was supposed to do Star Wars for Dark Horse, and so I was going to do Star Wars, start my first issue, and Lucasfilm sold to Disney, and they're like pencils down, yanked my contract. Yeah, so I was like this close to being a Star Wars artist, and um, instead they gave me uh, instead they gave me uh, uh, Dragon Age, but uh, so when I came back to DC. Um, I was expecting to be put on Supergirl because I, I was w- working with Eddie and I was doing pages for him. And when I just come off Comic Con, I was doing pages for Joey on Justice League uh, Villains Month. So I just finished up Shadow Thief at San Diego, and then I was doing like pages for Eddie at San Diego as well while doing commissions, while selling. It was nuts. Joey drove home in the Prius. While I, while I finished the double white spread for Supergirl in the Prius. So I, I had the drawing set up just like I have now. And I'm drawing while she's driving us home. And she got us home and we ran in and scanned it and sent it to Eddie. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's how crazy those deadlines were back then. And, but I was waiting for that call because I knew that Yildare had gone on to do X-Men at Marvel. And so I was basically waiting for them to call and tell me that I, I that was the call I was expecting. And instead, Jimmy and Amanda and Mike were like, hey, do you want to do Harley Quinn? And to me, like I said, grew up on animated series, like Harley, I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's on. 
Like this, I, I couldn't believe it. But it was really weird. At the time, DC, once again, not people, but the corporation, didn't know who she was. And they, and I remember the conversation coming up. They're like, yeah, we'll probably cancel you on issue eight and let you wrap around issue 12. And like, Jimmy, Amanda, and I were like, no, we're, this, we're gonna, we're, this is gonna be a big thing. And it was. It was huge. And, and, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what the special thanks sections say in the movies. But if it wasn't for the success of the comic, there would not have been a Suicide Squad film. Okay. Because Warner Brothers, like, who is this book that's outselling Batman? You know, and you got to remember, like, you know, when, when we did Harley Zero, those numbers, you know, after reorders, outsold uh, Snyder and Capullo on Court of Owls, you know. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And, and, and don't get me wrong. Those guys had number ones for almost an entire decade while we were there. And there was twice where we sort of, you know, spiked above them. But had we not spiked above them, Warner Brothers never would have been like, you know, what, you know, what is this and how, how do we make money off of it, you know? So, um, anyway, but we did. We, we had faith in it. We knew what we were doing. We thought it was going to be great and it was great. But it was, it was sort of funny to watch DC just like all of a sudden, you know, here's this book that was supposed to be canceled after eight issues, and um, we took it all the way, I think, to issue 32 before they did Rebirth, and then I think we went to issue 32 Rebirth before we, before Jimmy and Amanda and, and I finally said, yeah, so, um, but it was, it was just a fantastic time, we had a ton of fun doing it, um, it was awesome, you know, um, Amanda's contribution was amazing. Because it was nice to have a female character written, you know, written by a top tier female talent in the industry. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, all, like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she had like a different outfit. Every comic, she had a different look. She would do these, just these wild outlandish things, but it was all things like, you know, the, being the father of th three daughters, you know, like if you, if they were going to be a superhero, they wouldn't have the same outfit every day, you, you know. So we just had a lot of fun. We believed in it. Um, uh, and, and it was just like kids telling dirty jokes on the playground in 12th grade, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, sixth grade when you're 12 years old. Can you take credit for the beaver? No, that's, uh, that was all Jimmy and Amanda. You know, actually, that was probably Amanda. You know, it's funny, like, people think Jimmy, Jimmy's like the dirty one. No, Amanda's the dirty one. Yeah, yeah. So she's a lot of fun, but uh, it, it was it was a pleasure to work with them. Anytime they need anything, I'm there for them um, because it was it was just life changing to be a part of it. So, well, now that you're doing your own stuff too, I mean, tell us how we can find your books and where we can get your stuff. Okay, so um, there, I've, I've I've started dabbling in the creator own. Um, I have two issues of Temerity. We have those books here at the table. Um, we'll probably uh, get them incorporated to the MB Artist website. I also, um, my first book, the first hardened comics book, was actually a collaboration between me, me and my friend Mark May. Uh, we did issue one of Hellbringers. And I did all those basically, you know, to just sort of test the waters. And now that I've teamed up with Artist Elite, we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing my first, you know, Chad Harden, Chad Harden book, you know. So before I did these things with other people, with this one, it's going to be me. Um, I have my, I have my friend Jared, who's, uh, you know, um, yeah, he, he's helping me with the script, uh, but at the same time, um, uh, just because I'm not a writer, you know what I mean? But at the same time, uh, it's going to be the one where, you know, the, 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 the name is going to, and the effort is mostly going to be mine, as opposed to, 
um, it being more lopsided, more of a partnership type deal. So, yeah. So, yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, hopefully we'll get that done. I, I have stuff that I'm doing with Jimmy as well. Uh, i got to finish a, a, a solo a book that I have with Jimmy. And then Jimmy and I, all, we're, you know, we're talking about stuff all the time. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to just keep keep playing with the creator and stuff, and hopefully I make something that sticks and people respond to. And once I find out what that is, I'm going to run with that ball as far as I can. What is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, that would have to be Holly Holy by Neil Diamond. Holy. Hey, All right, anyway. If you're stranded on a deserted island and you only take five things with you, what five things would you take? I take my beautiful wife, Joy. A boat, a shit ton of gas, <laughs> a fishing rod, and some bait. There we go. All right. So if you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? Could I eat the chocolate pony? <laughs> Alright, so I would probably ride that pony until I ate it. Yes, sir. Alrighty, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey thank you. Excellent, thank you. I just want to thank Chad again for taking the time and talking to me and Max um, during a busy convention. Uh, Denver was uh, was pretty popping for being a special edition and a first convention back to the uh, city of Denver. Uh, it, fantastic show. Lots of cool things to see. Lots of cool people. Lots of cool costumes. My gosh. Uh, awesome. Awesome show. Really cool. Really cool people to talk to. I mean, um, when it comes to uh, attendee, attendees as far as conventioners, um, yeah, really cool show. Definitely fun. If you haven't gotten to check them out, their next show is going to be in July. Um, I want to say July 4th weekend, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, excellent show. And again, Chad, gracious, gracious man. Super fantastic. Um, hopefully like the little clips that we're going to be adding during the shows. Um, I guess if you don't, I mean, leave a message. That's all I need to do, right? Um, but yeah, so from there, we move into lesson of the day. Uh, so what I learned today... I learned today that if uh, you're going to make a John Wick book about the dog, it is fantastic, which uh, makes absolutely no sense until we come to Books to Watch, which is the very next thing on the podcast. Uh, so Books to Watch, I got a couple books from Source, Source Point Press. Uh, they're the same guys who put out the uh, Broken Gargoyles. We did reviews for a few, I don't know, like maybe 10 episodes ago. Uh, Broken Gargoyles is also fantastic. Uh, it's in its second volume of books right now. Uh, but they've got a new one called Good Boy. And Good Boy is uh, a world that's like ours, except that um, animals, are, especially dogs, are an- anthropomorphic, so they you know, talk and behave a lot like us uh, in the world. And uh, this is a story where John died, but uh, his dog lived, and now the dog needs revenge. It is fantastic. Uh, if you like John Wick, you'll like it. It's, it's kind of cheeky and funny. Uh, art's good. The cover's great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a mini series. And, you know, it's, you know, what if, the, what if John Wick was the dog that lived? Um, fantastic. Uh, so that was the first one I'd give to you as a book to watch. Second one is a book called, uh, Second Place. And I also coming out of Source Point. And, uh, like I said, they've been putting out some fantastic stuff. But, uh, Second Place is, uh, about a, uh, alien bodybuilder. And, uh, of course, coming in second place. Uh, this guy is written by a dude named uh, Ben Goldsmith. 
who uh, we actually have an interview from the Rhode Island Comic Con, which we will get to in shows to come. And Ben is a fantastic individual, um, super awesome, gracious. Uh, he's the uh, writer on it. Uh, Ed Smith is the artist on it. And Ed, we also have an interview from Ed, uh, who's also an awesome dude. Um, yeah, so as far as uh, more stuff to come interview-wise, stay tuned. I mean, hopefully you guys enjoy them. That's why we do them. So. Uh, but as far as the uh, episode, I think that's all I got uh, for tonight. So a short one. I uh, hope everybody's well. Hope your Thanksgiving went well. Um, like, subscribe, and follow all that stuff. It always makes the show you know do better with, when that stuff's going on. And I appreciate it, you know. Check out my Instagram, I guess. Um, so until, until next time, Taki. It's weird I don't want to leave you to downplay it, right? Taki! Taki! Taki!